it's essential that we take on the whole Bible and not just a, a portion of it or half of it, just the New Testament, because all of it is vital. Amen. All of it is vital. Romans chapter number 15. Father, bless your word. We thank you now. We pray, Father God, that you just move me out the way and allow your word to speak for itself. And we just honor you and praise you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that will work in all of us and through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Uh, Romans chapter number 15. Uh, the title of our message this morning is called the, um, a, man call, a Man Named Jabez. And <clears throat> even though many of you may know but yet, sometimes there are things that God adds and reveals. So whatever we thought we may know, we ask that you just empty yourself out so God can pour in. Amen. Now, Romans chapter number 15, reading verse number 4. Reading verse number 4. Verse 4 says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our what? Our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So everything that, that is recorded in, in, in the word of God, it is written for our learning. And then it will, it will give us patience and comfort. And that uh, patience and comfort through the scriptures that, it's a, it, that it might bring us hope, might have hope. Might means everybody's not going to get it. Amen. So, so there are some that will be able to receive the, through the scriptures what God is saying, but there are some that will not. Amen. So, but it's, it's, it serves its purpose. Okay. So now let's go to First Chronicles chapter number four. First Chronicles chapter number four. First Chronicles, um, and we're going to begin reading at verse number nine. We're going to begin reading at verse number nine in First Chronicles. And verse number 9 says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Because I bear him with sorrow. First of all, we need to understand that the word Jabez means sorrow. It means pain. Uh, it means discomfort. It means trouble. But I noticed something there in, in, in the word of God in, in, in the verse number nine, the latter part. It says that his mother called his name Jabez. See, sometimes we are labeled by the world. We allow other people to put labels on us. Amen. So she labeled him by the circumstances and the situations that she was going through. Then the Bible says here, she says, I bear him with sorrow. Some, some people teach that he, he, because she bore him in sorrow, that's why she named him that. Well, that's not correct. According to the word of God, it says she bare him with sorrow. The, the, when you look at the word with, the word with means uh, to come along with. And the word in means to be enclosed in. So she bore him in pain, uh, the pain that came al along with the circumstances that she was going through. See, sometimes we're we going to have pain in this world. We're going to have situations, and, and, and we're going to have trouble. But all of this comes along with the pain. See, don't let our circumstances define or situations define who we are. I hear your Holy Spirit. 
don't allow our circumstances, the Lord says, and our situations to define who we are. That comes along with the territory. Pain comes along with circumstances and situations in our life. However, we can rise above it. Amen. We can rise above it. Now, pain is essential. I often hear Dr. Mellon say some people don't learn unless they have some pain as a motivator. That's what he says. Pain is a motivator. And sometimes that is true. But let's see what the Word of God says. Keep your place in 1 Chronicles chapter number 4, okay? Now, we're going to um, look at going to Job chapter number 2. Job chapter 2, all right? Because, see, once we understand that the circumstances that surrounded Jabez, which means pain, it also say he was more honorable than all of his brethren. Now, we can go through a situation, but yet still hold on to something. Amen? We've got to be able to hold. Can we hold on to something while we're going through our pain? Can we do that? Amen? Now, let's go to the book of Job. Job chapter number 2. Job chapter number 2. Let's, let's go to the book of Job. Just want to do a little bit of teaching today. Just a little bit of teaching. Job chapter number 2. We have to understand Job's situation. Now, when we look at the book of Job, everybody, you know, look at the book of Job, and they talk about the, the things that he had to go through. Now, here he is. He's, he's lost his family, and, and, and he's, he's lost his wealth. You know, he's got a foolish wife talking crazy, okay? He's having to go through all of that, okay? He's going through all of that. But even in his losses, he still says, naked I came into this world, and naked shall I return. Amen? He st- he, then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. See, even though he was suffering, you can't tell me that when you lose one of your children that, that, that you don't suffer pain, you don't carry sorrow. You can't tell me that when you lose some, some things that you worked hard for that it doesn't affect you within your spirit and, and in your physical because that does happen. But what I love about what Job says here now, Job is also what we call a worshiper. In the midst of all of that, Job talks about, how, the Bible talks about in the book of Job, how he, he rises up, he shaves his head, he tears his mantle, he bows down to the ground, and he worships. So the question today, God is saying, can you still worship me in your pain? Can you still worship me even though the situation is not what you want it to be? Sometimes when it comes to this season that man calls Christmas, and this really goes back to the Roman emperor and, 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 and Julius, how they made that a festive holiday. It's a pagan holiday. But yet what we do, we get so caught up and we can't buy, we can't do this, we can't do that, and we find ourselves in a place of sorrow. And we allow that situation to take us out, right? Anybody been there? Can, can we all be honest? I can raise my hand. Amen. Because I don't have two nickels and a dime to buy somebody what, what we think they want. And what, what's so crazy about what man called Christmas is the fact that when that child gets through playing with that, those toys and they tab that paper, that mess is going in the trash can. And normally, unless it's one of those cell phones or some type of electronic, I mean, they're going to toss it to the side, right? They're going to toss it to the are, are we real in the house? Amen. They don't care nothing but all of that. See, we just spent up all that money, amen? But 
we go through all those situations, but we allow ourselves to get messed up. But, but watch, watch here about Job, because going back, looking about Jabez, and Jabez talked about he was more honorable, even though he had that stigma. See, there's sometimes society and even our family will give us a stigma, a label, and we hold on to that. But can we go beyond that stigma and do as Jabez did? He said he was more honorable than all of his brethren. Look at Job chapter number 2. Job chapter 2 says, And there was a day when the sons of God came to represent themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. No matter who or whenever we gather together, you can rest assured, Satan going to always be in the midst. Amen. In fact, he was in the midst with some of us before we even left home. Because he like something. In fact, he, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. He even caught a ride. <laughs> he caught a ride. Amen. So, so we get to understand that he's going to always be, he's going to always be present. I mean, that's his job. Because he wants us to continue to take that label, be in sorrow, be in pain. That's what he wants. Now, verse number two says in Job chapter two, it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence cometh thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Watch verse number 3. Verse 3 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? What do you do when God and Satan is, uh, is having a ch playing a chess game and you're the pawn? You're the one they're moving. Well, what, what do you do? I mean, Satan's, he's moving, you know, and, and then God is moving too. But what do you do when you're in the midst of a, a, a you one of the players on the chess game? Because, see, every move that's being made, God don't always make it. Amen. Every move that takes place in our life, God doesn't, doesn't always do it. Satan got a hand in that too. So here it is now. You, you have no clue. See, a lot of times we go through things and we don't understand why. It's because... God has chosen you to, to be one that he can say to say, listen, this one will not deny me. Okay? Now, verse 3 says, And the Lord says unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth? Watch this. A perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and he heareth evil. He hates evil. And watch the latter part. And he still, he holdeth fast his integrity as though thou, even though thou moveth me against him to destroy him without a cause. Now look at that. God has decided I'm going to use Tom. No, Tom's not here. I can use him. Okay, I'm going to use Tom as the one to, to, to demonstrate his love, okay, for me. So all of a sudden now he said, now listen. Even though you caused me to move my hand against him, now watch this, Satan. He says he is still holding on to his integrity. In other words, he is still following God, even though his so crazy wife says to him, listen, you need to curse God and die. He done lost everything. They've, they've lost everything. I mean, the children are gone. The wealth is gone. And all he gets is a story that somebody's come and tell him, listen, everything you've got is gone. 
But God says to Satan, listen, I'm gonna, I want you to get him. I'm going to pick him out. I'm, I'm going to pick out Norris to you. I'm going to pick out Tom. I, I'm going to pick out Tony. I'm going to pick out Sandra. I'm going to pick out Ricky. I'm going to pick out Lawrence. I'm going to pick out Laverne. I'm going to pick out the Adams family. I'm going to pick out Philip to show you that they will still worship me in spite of the pain and the circumstances that they are in. Amen. Can you handle that? Can you handle that? Can you? Most of all, do you believe it? Because see, you're on that. It's a chess game. He's, Satan's making a move. He's making he's making moves in all of our life. And God is, you know, the beauty of it. God is watching Satan do exactly what he's doing. But 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 you know what? God is betting on us. He's betting on us. He's betting on us. He said, "Listen, you, you, he's still holding on to his integrity." He is still following me. He, he still has that moral soundness, even though he calls me to move around. And his character is still in check. Even though you are causing me to put my hands on him. He, then he said, without a cause. Listen, because things happen in our life, that does not mean that, you've, that we've done something bad. Amen. That does not mean we're outside the will of God. That's, that means that somewhere God said, I've got to prove to you that no matter what I put on them, what I put them through, I am going to allow them to go through this test because they're going to prove their love for me. They will still worship me in spite of. In the midst of your pain, God says, can you still praise me? Can you still worship me? Do you still love me? He said, I know you didn't do nothing. God said, listen, I'm just letting you see how, how wonderful you are and what you mean to me. Pain, pain. He moveth against him with pain. Now, pain, let me do this before we get to pain. Character. The best way to know about our character is this, to see whether or not we're going to do right when nobody's watching. That tells us our character, right? When nobody else is looking. Except God. And we still can do right. It's a determination about our character. Amen. Now, if we, when we're in that secret place and we think nobody's watching, we're doing the wrong thing, then what God said, okay, I see you. But see, that's really a test of our character too. So we can prove our character to our own selves, not to somebody else, to our own selves is, am I going to continue to do right even though no one is watching me in the natural? That's character. Amen. Now let's, let's go to, uh, let's move on to Job chapter number 33. Job 33. Job 33. Job 33. Job chapter number 33. Pain. See, God got to find a way to speak to us. He has to find a way to speak to us. Job, Job chapter number 3. Now, I, I, I didn't record but write verse 13, but I'm going to read verse 13. Verse 13 says, Why doeth thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his, ma his matters. It doesn't make any difference about us striving against God. God don't have to give an account to any of us. You know, some of us say, well, why is this happening to me? God say, I ain't got to get an account to you. You got to be accountable to me, what God is saying. God don't have to tell us nothing, okay? But verse 14 says, Job chapter 33, it says, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, 
yet man does what? Man does not perceive it. Sometimes God is speaking and we don't hear. Or we refuse to hear. Amen. He's speaking. He speaks once. He tells us something. He turns around. He says the same thing again. But we don't perceive what he is saying. Okay. Then verse 15 says, watch this. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon man and slumberings upon the bed. Watch 16. Then he opened the ears of men and sealeth their instructions. God got a reason why he has to let us lay down on our bed and let us become unconsciously asleep because he's got to give us some instructions, okay? Now, the Bible says this. He opened out the ears of men, verse 16. Then he says he sealeth those instructions that he gives us. Here's the reason why. Verse 17 says that he may withdraw man from God's purpose or whose purpose? From his purpose. That's verse number 17. These instructions that are given, they are given because he wants to withdraw man from his purpose as man's purpose. And, the, and then the Bible goes on to say, and hide pride from man. Now, we, got some, we can be some prideful beings, right? <laughs> we can be some prideful human beings, amen? But God says, I've got to give you instructions, then I've got to seal it up because you will mess up my instructions that I give you. So therefore, God said, I've got to seal it now. I, I, I've, I've got to seal it. And then he said, I've got to hide what I'm going to give you from pride. Because sometimes when God blesses us and when he raises us up, sometimes we become boastful and we get a, go on an ego trip and think that we've done it. Amen. When it's God, when it's God all the time. Amen. See, see, man's got a bad way. Man would caught up in pride in a heartbeat. It don't take it does not take much for mankind to get caught up in pride. Because we got this ego thing. We go on this ego trip. Anybody been on an ego trip before? I've been on an ego trip before. Amen. So we can sit down and pretend we were righteous and holy. We've never done no. Yes, you have. You may not receive it. What does it say? He speaks once. He speaks twice. And then a man does not perceive it. Yeah, he speaks because a lot of times we will go on an ego trip. Amen. Don't give us mankind two nickels and a dime. We will forget who we are, and we will forget the one that gave us the two nickels and the dime. Amen? That, that's that ego trip. Amen? Now, watch this. He has it from pride. Now, verse 18 says, He keepeth back his soul from the pit. Mm, thank you, Lord. And his life from perishing by the sword. Watch verse 19. He, he is, talking about man, he is chastened also with what? Pain. Pain. What he said? Pain is a motivator. Pain is a motivator. Sometimes we just can't get enough pain. Amen. Because we keep doing the same thing over and over. Anybody done the same thing over? Like a revolving door. You know, over and over. So God's I got to get some pain on him. He chastises not because he hates us. He chastises us with pain because he loves us. That's what his words say. So he chastises him. Also, it says, with pain upon his bed and the multitude of his bones with strong pain. Sometimes that little bit of pain don't work. So what God do, he got to put some strong pain on us. Amen. He, had to really, he has to really put it on us. Amen. Because if he does not put it on us, we will forget who he is. And then we'll begin so egotistically, we get so caught up in self, we forget about God. 
But the beauty of it, can we hold on to our integrity in the midst of while we are going through our pain? Whenever our circumstances are not what we want it to be, whenever our situations are not what it want, we want it to be, can we hold on to our integrity? Can we do that? That's what God said. God said, Bernie, can you hold on to your integrity when things are just not right in your life? Amen. Can you hold on when pain? Can you still worship him when we're in pain? Can you still do that? Praise God. Let's go back to 1 Chronicles. Let's go back to 1 Chronicles. Let's go back. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray we're receiving. Amen. Back to 1 Chronicles chapter number 4. Now, he's buried, he's buried along, uh, along with sorrow. With sorrow. Not in sorrow. With sorrow. So with that situation. Now, look at verse number 10. Remember I told you he talked about he's more honorable than all his brethren. He's got his integrity. He's got a good character. He's holding on. He's, he's even being tested. You know, he, he's a pawn in a hand between God and, and Satan, but yet he's still holding on. Now, verse number 10 says, And Jabez, amen, called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. Then he says, And enlarge my coast and that thine hand might be with me, that thou would keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, the first thing, what I love about Jabez was he was able to rise above the circumstances that he was in. When he rose above it, the first thing he says to God is this. He calls on God. He says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would have blessed me indeed. So what he does is he's invoking the, the blessings of Abraham as a covenant blessing. So he's, he's asking God for that. He says, I want you to bless me indeed. So what he's doing is he's, he all of a sudden, because of what he's going oh, I hear the Holy Spirit. Because of what he is going through, it elevates his faith. It takes his faith to another level. Amen. Takes his faith to another level because he's asking for the blessings of God. He said, oh, that he would just bless me indeed. Now, keep your place. First Chronicles chapter four. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three. He's asking for a blessing. Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter Number three, he says his faith has been elevated. His faith, his, his faith has been elevated. Pain will cause us to trust God even more. He, even though we're going through, but it it's it's puts us to a faith level. Now, Ephesians chapter number three, everybody's not at the same place on the faith. Everybody's not at the same location in, uh, at the faith. Everybody's not there. Watch what the word of God says. Ephesians chapter three, looking at verse number 20. Are we there? Now, verse 20 says, Now unto him, to my God, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that do what? Worketh in us. See, God can do exceedingly 
He can go beyond exceedingly. He can go to the, to the abundantly. He can go to the above. But it's according to what you ask or think. And it also has everything to do with the power that's on the inside of you. See, if, you got, if, you, if, you, if your faith is not at a place, or it says that worketh in you. See, sometimes our faith can lie dormant on the inside. See, that's why a lot of gifts that we have, we have not yet uh, uh, reached that potential. Or we have not activated those gifts because our faith level is not there. See, God's got a lot of stuff on the inside of us. Many of us have not began to awaken all the gifts that God has on the inside. But it says according to his word that it's according to the power that worketh in us. Well, how is the power working in us today? How is the power of God working in you today? How is the power of God working in me today? Is, it, is that power working to a point where we can call those things that are not as though they were? In other words, can we call those things out of the spirit realm and bring them down into the natural realm? See, we've got the power. We just don't exercise the power. Amen. See, every person has a certain measure of faith. Everyone has a certain measure of faith. But how is your faith working today? Is your faith working according to what somebody else say you, you can have or who you are and, and they put a limitation on you? There is no limitation to God. I mean, God has even put the universe on the inside of us, and that's a stretch for man's mind. Because, see, he created the universe and everything that's out there, all those worlds, they keep talking about they're going to go discover something. They ain't discovered nothing. You know, Christopher, whatever his name is, he hadn't discovered nothing. It was already here. The Bible talks about it. See, sitting on the circles of the earth. I mean, it's, all, it's already written. Nothing is discovered. We're going to go visit the malls. Might be some more planets. Out. Yeah, it is. And some more other people out there, too. Uh-oh. Did she say that's another, some more folk out there? Amen. Well, she has just lost it. No, no. See, that's where our mindset has to go. See, I firmly believe that when we leave here, we go on another assignment. And once we go on another assignment, we don't have the same type of body. We got a new assignment to do. Amen. That's another assignment we got. But see, there's a lot of things out there that we have not yet explored. They talking about all oh, these aliens and all that. Well, let me tell you, they've already been here a long time ago. They've already been here. From day one, they've been here. But we still find it amazing when we see some type of equipment that coming through the earth and coming through the atmosphere and say, oh, that looks like that's a foreign, that's a, something from an alien. Listen, a lot of the stuff we know now is because they put it into practice. We just happen to catch hold to it. That might be a stretch too. Amen. Amen. That means you got to get in the book. Amen. If you get in the book and you get some time with God and you meditate, then God will reveal some things to you. Amen. You know, like, like the angels having sex with the women, creating them giants and stuff. It's in the book. Oh, it, it, it's in there. Genesis chapter 6. Anyway. See, there's a lot of things we move away from. Amen. Because we're afraid people think we're freaks. No, they're the freak. We just happen to go down in the, in, in the book, down in the deep sea. We go deep sea fishing. Amen. Because when you go down a deep sea fishing, there's all kind of creatures down through there. See, our, th our thing is man's situation is we like to stay on the surface too much because we like to play it safe. But no, there's a whole lot more to God than what we think. Amen. There's a whole, whole lot more. So it's according to the, to the faith, according to what you got in the inside of you. See, how is, how is it working? Are you working what God has placed on the inside of you? Are you, are you working it? I mean, when I say, are you working it, are you really working it? 
Because when you're really working, it, it, it causes some birthing pains. It don't feel good when you're really working what God has placed on the inside of you. Because we like to play it safe. We like to stay on dry land. Amen. Go back. Let's go back. Let's go back now. Let's go back to First Chronicles chapter number 4. Amen. Praise God. Amen. First Chronicles chapter number 4. man named Jabez. Okay. He prays. His faith is elevated because he wants more than what he sees. He wants more than what his mama had taken him through and what she had bore the sorrow. He looked at all that and what he did, he put in a little bit more time because the Bible says he was more honorable than his brethren. He wanted more. Stop selling for the status quo. I'm not just talking about physical and material. No, spiritually. I mean, you can go on a journey, my God, my God, my God. You can go on a journey into the heavens, and when you come back, you won't, you'll be just like Paul. You won't be able to tell nobody what you saw because he went to a place. He saw some things. He could not even alter what he saw because of the fact that man can't handle it. Amen. But now, his faith level, his faith level has to move place. Now, in, in, in verse number 10, it says this. After he asked for that, for that covenant blessing, to evoke the blessings of Abraham, then he says this. He says, and enlarge my coast. In other words, he wanted the area of his influence to be enlarged. He didn't. He wanted the boundaries moved. He wanted the lines moved. You know how uh, when they was talking about the, uh, the uh, I believe it might have been Korea and whoever it was and you know, Obama and Trump too. You know, you can't cross. You, this is the line. The line drawn in the sand. This is this is the line. You don't cross this line. The next thing you know, they didn't cross the line and still didn't do nothing. You know. So, but, but here he's saying, he's, I want you to, to and give me a greater area of influence. Now, why is it we do not have that greater area of influence? See, he prayed this prayer. He asked him, he said, I want you to, to take my borders now. I, I want you to enlarge my coast. Enlarge. Make it bigger. Make it greater. I want more influence. Let's go to Joshua chapter number 17. Joshua chapter number 17. The book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter number 17. 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 He's asking for a greater area of influence. To be in a, to be in a greater area, uh, area of influence, that means you're going to be among some great people. And then that means you're going to be among some lesser people because God has a lesson in all of that. Well, I say lesser that man thinks is lesser. Because what, what God thinks is, is, is what man thinks is, is great, God thinks is lesser. Amen. Because God operates different from man. Now, Joshua chapter 17, talking about enlarging that coast. Verse number 14 says, And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people? For as much as the Lord has blessed me hither. In other words, he's, 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 he's got the small, the small plot. He's, even though there's greatness in me, why do I have this just a little bit? Even though there is greatness in all of us, why is our, our sphere of influence limited? Okay? Well, God's going to answer that. Verse 15 says, And Joshua answered them, saying, If thou, if thou be a great people, then 
Get thee up to the wood country, cut down for thyself there in the land of Pezzacites and of the giants, if if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. In other words, if where you are, if your territory, if your turf is too small, you got to get up and do something. That's what he's saying. You got to get up and do something. It's not going to come up on your doorstep and take a rest and say, here I am. No, it doesn't happen. You've got to do something. You've got to end. Just like God challenged, he challenged for everything to come in. He said, let there be, everything begin to happen. He challenged things to come into existence. We have to challenge things. Then he says, if this is too small for you, now you need to get up into the high country, and you need to cut down some stuff. Now, look at verse 16. It says, and the children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough for us. This little small place, this place of Zor. Zor is a small place. God trying to take us to the mountain. We want to reside in Zor, that little small place. Then he says, and all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of, of Bethshan and her town, and her town, and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. Verse 17, and Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people and has great power. Thou shalt, have, thou shalt not have one lot only. Let me take this to it. says the, the, the scripture is written for our learning. God wants us all to know that we are great people and we have great power. Amen. We are great people and we have great power. Sometimes when we show up in a situation, in a, in a place, and we feel like someone else is, is more knowledgeable with intellect or has more materialistic things, that means they got more debt. That's what that means. Okay. Uh, then, you know, we, sometimes we get to a place wherein we, we, we are not humble. We're too humble. We, we, we're fearful. We, 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 we forget the God that's on the inside of us. We start, me I hear your Holy Spirit. We begin to measure ourselves against somebody else. Listen, that, that's not, you're much greater. That, that, that sinner with all that money, that sinner with all that stuff, that sinner with all that power and all that influence, do you not know that the, uh, the child of God is far greater than that individual? See, we have greatness on the inside of us. It's just that we don't walk in greatness. Man does not walk in greatness, does not walk in the great power that God, you got to understand, the God of the universe, the one that created everything, that created the, the planets, the, the other worlds the Bible talks about, he's the one that resides on the inside of us. Is that too hard for us to comprehend? The God, the, the, I mean the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he says he has taken a bold in, on the inside of us with his son Jesus. He lives in us. There is no situation, no circumstance, no pain that we cannot endure that the master does not already know about. And he, he saw you when we went in, and he also saw the exit. That means the exit means you can always be in that condition. <laughs> Amen. But if your, your faith don't tell you that and we stay in that place, well, this is where it's going always going to be, then that's where we're going to remain. Amen. So, so here, now there's some things we got to take. Amen. We got to take it. As the Bible says, you take it by force. There's some things we've got to take. Amen. Spiritually and physically, we got to take it. We, 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 we got to take it. Now, it says this. He says now, verse 18, he says, but the mountains shall be thine, those high places. 
For it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine. For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. Even though your enemy may be strong in your sight, he's never too strong for God. He's never too strong for God. Now, but watch, watch, watch this. Drop, I'm going to drop down chapter 18 in the book of Joshua, looking at verse number 3. Verse number 3. Verse 3 says, And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack? How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers have given you. So God said, How? Why are you slack? Why are we slack in possessing the things that God for have for us? It's there. He said, It's there. He said, But we slack. Slack. Think about that. We're slack. It's, it's, it's there for your taking. It's there. But we are slack. That's what he saying. He said, God didn't give it to you. All you got to do is go possess it, but we slack. We just like to live, you know, on and on. It's okay. Wake up today, it's fine. If I don't, it's fine. You know, if it comes through for me today, it's fine. If I don't, it's fine. No. God said, you've got to go and you've got to possess that thing. You've got to take control of it. So what of that situation? He said, you take control of it. He says, he says you're slack. Okay. Now, let's go back to First, uh, first Chronicles chapter 4. So we've got to get moving here for mere sake of time. Now, now. We understand now he wants his area of influence in Lord, but you got to go and possess it. That means you can't stay around and hang around the same folk all the time. Get find some, uh, some new arena, people for influence, but walking with God. And sometimes you can learn some things from the silver man. Sometimes, sometimes you can, but you better make sure your, 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 your greatness in you is greater than the devil that's in them because you mess around and they'll have you going the wrong direction. Amen. But you got to make sure that the God in you is strong enough to say, okay, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to see what, what, what you've taken. One thing I can say about, the, about, about those that that's, does not profess the name of Jesus Christ, they will take this book, they will take this Bible, and they can use some things from here and, to, to for, and allow it to get them where they want to be. They will do that. They, they will do that. They will pursue for what they want. Okay, going back to First Chronicles chapter number 4. Going back here. He asks to enlarge his area of influence. Watch what he says. Verse number 10. And that thine hand might be with me. He wanted the protection of God. Out of all you're getting, all you're getting, and all every circumstance you're in, you want to make sure you've got the protection of God. See, when he prayed this prayer, Anytime uh, uh, you walk in greatness or anytime things come your way and, and you become enlarged in God, you become a target. You got a bullseye on you. When people can see the anointing that God has placed on your life and you are different, trust, they can tell if you're different or not. They, they can tell. You've got a bullseye on you. But can you handle what they shoot at you, even though you got that bullseye, and still handle your integrity? You don't have to stoop to their level. Right? But he says, I want the protection of God upon my life. I want God's hand upon my life. This is what he wants. Now, then he says, he says this, and that thou would keep me from evil, and that thou would keep 
me from evil. All right, let's let's look at um, Matthew chapter number six. Saint Matthew chapter number six. I think that's where we want to go. Saint Matthew chapter number six. Saint Matthew chapter number six. So he says, "Keep me from evil." Yeah. Saint Matthew chapter number six. Keep your place in First Chronicles chapter number four. Amen. Now, looking at Saint Matthew chapter number six. Remember, he's saying he wants God's protection on his life, right? And he has says to him, I want him to keep me from evil. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13 says, he says, And lead us not, here it is, they talk about this prayer, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So he's saying, here, not only, God, do you put your hand on me, but God, I want you to keep me from evil. Because you know what? Sometimes man has a way his footsteps are going in the wrong direction. Amen. Keep me from evil. Evil is going to always be there, but we have to ask God to, to keep us from evil. See, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, a uh, 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 wise man... Uh, foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but a fool will run full, uh, uh, full on. In other words, a wise man, he sees evil, he sees that something ain't right about that, and a wise man will go another direction. But when it comes down to a fool, I'm going this way, I'm going this way. See, we have to understand, pray that prayer, J.B. It's more to that than what we realize. It's more than uh, some man wrote a book. It's the fact that God, we want to pray to make sure God, pray that prayer of protection every day. We got some fools out there. Pray the prayer of protection. All, I mean, from the time you leave home to the time you get back, even when you're in your home, you still pray that prayer of protection because man has got a fool in him. Amen. Man, when I say man, I don't mean physical man. I mean because man and, and woman, God sees no gender. Somebody, because I guess I better put it this way: mankind has a fool in him. Because I don't want us leaving here thinking the women saying, "Oh, you know, she said the men got fools in them." No, you got the fool in you too. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, we do. Amen. Can we be real in the house? Amen. Amen. This is a, this is a place of realness. Amen. It's a place of realness. So, so, so we're asking God. As you protect me, God, you keep me from acting a fool. Keep me from places I don't need to go. You know, God, keep your hand on me. Because, see, my integrity is important. Amen. I'm trying to get this area influence. And, and then the next thing he says is this. He says, you keep, keep me from evil. Keep his hands on him. And watch what happens when your heart is pure. It says that it may not grieve me. See, evil can, can cause grief to you. It can cause grief. But watch what God does when we pray a, pray a prayer that is pure and sincere. The latter part of verse number 10 says, And God granted him that which he requested. God granted it to him. God, that which he requested. You know, he, he, he wanted to, to be blessed indeed. He wanted to, to enlarge, you know, enlarge his coast. He wanted to, the boundaries and the limitations taken off. He wanted God's hands upon him. You know, he, he wanted to be kept from evil. You know, and, and he says God granted his request. That's powerful. Because of the prayer that we pray, the pureness of our heart. But this one last thing here. 
the process of temptation. How do we get caught up in that place that we are led astray? You remember it says, keep me from evil. See, there's a process to temptation. There's a, there's a scripture that says before, before pride comes before fall. So if, if that means is if there's a fall taking place in our life in whatever area or how, however spiritually, physically, financially, that means somewhere pride is at work. That's why God said God to hide the pride from man. Amen. Now, here's the process. The process of temptation. The first thing is it's a simple evil thought. Temptation comes with a simple evil thought. Now, Satan ain't going to never give you nothing hard, but it's a simple evil thought. The next thing is, it, it is a strong imagination or impression made on the thing that we are tempted by. You, you know how it is, you, you, you tempt it and all of a sudden this, this thing that you're tempted with, it really becomes strong. It becomes an impression within you and you just got to have it. Well, I've done that, well, especially when I want some that, that uh, uh, ice cream. You know, I, I've got sugar. You know, sometimes, you know, I get that urge. I want that, I want that ice cream, you know. And all of a sudden that urge comes and that impression came, come in my mind. And it's a strong, and before I know it, I'm in my car if I don't have it in the refrigerator because I try not to have it. I'm in my car. I'm on my way down there to the store to get me some ice cream, okay? See, it, 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 it started off simple. Then it becomes strong. It's a strong imagination. It, it, something about this, this brain, this imagination here, it, 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 it can be, become so strong that we will give in to it, okay? Now, the third thing, it, it delights in viewing it. So whatever that we are tempted by and that imagination has become so strong, we are delighted in what we're seeing. Ooh, I don't believe that'll hurt me. Oh, don't that. And all of a sudden, if it's been whatever you want, all of a sudden, a commercial will come on. Show you that very thing that you want. Now, who, you know, if it's bad for you, God didn't send that commercial. So who you thought sent that commercial? See, we got to understand what's going, really going on. You know what I'm saying? It says, now, now, you, you delight in the view and you delight in what you're seeing. You know, how it made you feel, uh, uh, what it made you do. You, where you might have been just a little quiet person, all of a sudden you're the macho man or the, the macho woman. So, so, so you delight in that. You, you see that. You visualize that thing, you, that what you've gone through. And watch what happens. Then and the next thing that happens is consent of the will to perform it. In other words, we, we give in consent. We, we, we accept, okay, now I, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. We, we, come, we give in and we consent. We take our will and then we begin to perform it. Let's go to the book of James, and this is the last, the last place we're going. James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3. The book of James. I think that's where we want to go. James chapter number 3. Yeah. James. Amen. Praise God. You know, God, God is a good God. He, he, he is a God. I'm sorry, James chapter number one. Please forgive me. James chapter number one. James chapter number one. The book of James is the last of it. Amen. Dealing with this temptation. You never allow the circumstances that you're going through, no matter what you're tempted by, to put you and consent to something that's going to bring about death to you spiritually as well as physically. Amen. James chapter number one, looking at verse number 13. Verse 13 says, let no man say 
when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. You know, God brought that thing before me, and, and I got tempted. No, that ain't what the book said. That's not what the Bible says. It says, let no man, mankind, say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with what? With evil. Neither tempteth he any man. He doesn't tempt us, and he cannot be tempted by evil. But watch this. Here's, here's, the, here's the kicker in the whole thing. <laughs> Verse number 14. Here's the kicker. But every man is tempted when he is what? Drawn away of his own lust. Mm. And is enticed. See, lust is a, a, a lawful desire. You know, you know it's not lawful. It's not good for me to have that one because it's going to affect me, okay? Because I can use me. So, so he says, now listen, don't say God didn't tempt you when we go out and do something we know crazy. No. When we know it's going to be harmful for our body, God's our, he's not, he doesn't tempt us by evil. But watch what happens through us yielding to the will of our own lust. It says, verse 15, then when lust hath conceived... In other words, when it has given birth, when it comes in, you know, consummation, it says, it bringeth forth sin. Anybody been lusting lately? Boy, I heard some, <clears throat> God is good, ain't it? <laughs> Holy Spirit, no. It says now, when lust has conceived it bringeth forth sin. You know, we got this, oh, you know, I don't do nothing around. What you been lusting after? The Bible just said it brings forth sin. But then it goes on and says, and sin, when it is finished, process. When it is finished, it bringeth forth what? It bringeth forth death. It bringeth forth death. Isn't it a wonderful thing that in spite of the circumstances that Jabez's mom went through, it didn't bring death to him. He rose above it. So the thing God is saying to us, we need to rise above our situations and circumstances and in. Rise above that. And, and get business for the Lord. Get on, get, you know, begin to operate in, in, in things that God has for you and, and what he has on the inside of you. Begin to work that gift. Work it. Work it. It works if you work it. That's, that's something that my little Narnon group says all the time. It works if you work it. If you don't put no time in here, it ain't going to work for you. Uh-uh. You don't put no time in with God, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But rise above your pain, amen, and, 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 and begin to enlarge your, your area of influence. God is waiting on us. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. He's already in the making. That's why I just we thank and praise God for every person that God sent through the door. Because that means there's another gift that God sent in. And we don't know what the gift is. Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. But in time we will. And if you hang around here long enough, we will put your gift to work. Ain't that right, Brother Philip? Amen. He got, he got some gifts up in him. Amen. He got some gifts in him. So we, we just put them to work. Amen. And we, we're thankful and we're grateful. Come on, y'all. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. 
I, I pray that, 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 that you were blessed by the word of God and you were able to receive something for the word, from the word of God. I, I pray that. I, I, I pray that. Amen. I pray that you're able to, to, to do that because, oh, I 